Friends, good evening again. My name is James Forsyth. I'm the senior pastor here, and it is a privilege to welcome you all for this time of worship here in our sanctuary, all those worshiping with us in our fellowship hall, and even to those who have joined us online. Hello, Mom. Good to see you. Um, uh, it's our privilege this evening to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And so we spend just a, a few moments together now reflecting on his birth and its significance for our lives. But before we do that, would you bow your heads together with me and pray? Father, the beauty of the night, the majesty of the night, isn't designed for its own sake, but is designed to take us closer to the true beauty and the true majesty that's found in Jesus Christ. So, Father, would we see past, would we see through these songs, these prayers, this beauty, this majesty, to fix our eyes on the true object of our praise? Jesus Christ. May we see him. In his perfect name we pray. Amen. Christmas then is a season of surprises. A season of surprises. Hopefully by now all the presents are bought. Some purchased in the store. Some delivered to your door. But now all taken, secretly wrapped and hidden. Where are yours hiding? Are they in the underwear drawer? Are they in the back of some closet? Are they in the trunk of your car? Some other ingenious place that you have found to put them? Well, in just a few hours from now, we'll tear the wrapping off and we'll celebrate. Now in life, surprises come in all shapes and all sizes. Some are good, some are bad. A good one I came across recently happened to Ora Gayton on the 24th of February when she got her a surprise that truly changed her life. The prize patrol team from Publishers Clearinghouse arrived at her door early one morning and knocked, one holding a bunch of flowers, one holding that oversized check, both waiting with a kind of hushed excitement. Well, at first we see her come to the door and open it with that sense of suspicion. Who are these uninvited guests? And as slowly as it takes for that door to swing open, so slowly we see realization dawn on her. Her suspicion turns into a kind of stunned silence. Her stunned silence turns into a kind of confused muttering, which quickly gives way to a full-bellied laughter, and in no time at all, she is screaming out loud. And she must be a Christian, because she said God's name about 17 times. (laughs) Of course, not all surprises are good. Some surprises are bad. Billy Graham tells of a story he read about in Dear Abby. Now, I was quite surprised Billy Graham reads Dear Abby, but once I got over that, I read Billy Graham talking about a boy, a teenager who was about to graduate from high school. And coming from a fairly wealthy, well-off family, he'd requested a car as a graduation gift. And his father had agreed, and so together they'd gone and toured several dealerships until the young man found his favorite. Well, graduation day arrived, and his father handed him a small package wrapped in colorful paper, telling him that inside was the most important thing he could give his son. It turned out to be a Bible. Well... Expecting a car, the young man was surprised, and not in a good way. He threw the book down and went 
away. Some surprises are good, some surprises are bad, but it's really appropriate for us to be in this season of surprises. Why? Because Christmas is a season of surprises, and it has been that way since the beginning. It has been that way since the very first Christmas. The first Christmas was full of surprises, and tonight, as we anticipate the hopefully good surprises of tomorrow morning, I want us to enjoy three of those first Christmas surprises. Three surprises from that very first Christmas, each one more enchanting than the last. All three of these surprises come from the reading that we took from Luke chapter 1. That was the third reading. You can find this on page 4 of your worship guide if you'd like to follow along. First surprise we see in this passage of Luke, the first Christmas surprise that we should note together this evening is quite simply how the baby got here, how Jesus got here, the surprise of how The angel shows up in verse 31, angel Gabriel appears and tells Mary that she will conceive and have a son. Now, the fact that an angel would appear is in and of itself an incredible surprising moment, an incredibly surprising event. But even that's not quite as surprising as what he told her, that she'll conceive and have a son. Why is this such a huge surprise? Because Mary is a virgin. Mary is a virgin. Now, our passage goes out of its way to highlight this fact. It's not just an incidental detail. And when the Bible repeats things, pay attention to what it's repeating. And in this short passage, three times we're told that Mary's a virgin. It's the very first thing we're told about her. Look in verse 27. The angel Gabriel was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man. We don't even know her name yet. Second time, it's how we are then introduced to her in verse 27. The virgin's name was Mary. Third time we're told, it's uh, verse 34, where we see a fact Mary is well aware of herself, as you might expect. Um, The angel says to her, "You'll, you'll have a child. And she says, how can this be since I am a virgin? It is surprising how this child comes. Now, you know, children, the arrival of children is often accompanied by surprise, right? So I, I have a sister who's two years older than me. Her name is Sarah. I have a brother who is nine years younger than me, his name is Oops. Right? <laughs> or, or consider a, a family in, in our church, a good friend of mine here, here in, in our church, about 25 years or so ago, he and his wife went into the delivery room and she was about to deliver their, their first child and there was all the joy and the trauma of that scene and then their first child was born, a beautiful baby girl, and uh, this uh, man goes over and he's looking at his daughter and he's just struck by the beauty of all this, and then the doctor says to them both, oh, you know you're having twins? The two of them turn around. No, they did not know they were having twins. In fact, this moment in the delivery room after the delivery of their first child was when they found out about the second child that was coming. Another beautiful, healthy girl. All of them are members in our church to this day. The arrival of children is often accompanied by surprises, but there has never been a surprise as big as Jesus. Of course, it's part of a larger biblical theme, a theme that we as a church have been looking at together over this last month. The theme is one of of barrenness, that as we walk through the Old Testament, we encounter woman after woman who is unable to conceive, unable to have a child. And in every case bar one, what happens the very moment you hear that a woman in the Old Testament can't have a child? 
Well, she goes and she has a child. And so when we walk into the New Testament, and we meet not a woman who's unable to have a child, but a woman who's a virgin, we now almost know what to expect. We almost, well, for sure, she's about to have a child. And what God's doing here is this beautiful theme to demonstrate how much he loves to do things from impossible situations. One writer says, God's tendency is to make our total inability his starting point. Our hopelessness and our helplessness are no barrier to his work. So, of course, of course the work of salvation had to begin this way. Had to begin in this impossible way because it is a potent reminder to us that salvation had to come, could only come from the Lord. It could never be brought about by human effort. It could never be brought about by human effort. Humanity needs a savior and is unable to produce one by itself. Not by drive or desire, not by education or development, not by some process of civilization or even evolution. The patient is unable to heal themselves. We need a redeemer from the outside and that's what Jesus is. The virgin birth stands guard to remind us that Christmas is God's work. That Christmas begins with grace. Second surprise then we see after how the baby got here is bigger still, bigger still, more surprising than a virgin having a child. Yes, even more surprising than that. The second surprise we get after how the baby got here is simply and briefly who the baby is. Who the baby is. Look at the text again with me. At verse 34, Mary expresses her confusion. How am I going to have a child? Well, I'm still a virgin. And the angel explains, at verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. See, the miracle of how the baby got here is nothing compared to the miracle of who the baby is. No ordinary baby. Mary's son, yes, fully human, but also the son of God, fully God. This is the mystery of the incarnation, that God has come in flesh, that Jesus is not the continuation of everything that has gone before. Jesus instead is a new beginning, a divine intrusion where God himself draws near to us. Now, one of the highlights of my year was when a wee girl in our congregation brought her presence to me. It started at the beginning of the year when, as our church family knows, I had a a hard start with 2017, struggling with mental health and and anxiety issues. And after sharing that with the church, that the church might pray for me like the church has. And if you're new here, just know that's the kind of church we are. We kind of show up and let all our messy bits hang out. And then we walk with each other and we pray with each other and we make it through. And here we are. It's great to be here with you all. Well, after the service where I'd ask for, for prayer, I'm down at the front as always after the service. And this wee sparkly child comes running up to me. Uh, running up to me in the most glittery skirt you'll ever see in your life. And she runs up to me and, uh, you know, as she gets up to me, I stoop down on one knee so that I can look her, look her in the eye as, as I speak with her. And she says, hey, you have anxiety? I have anxiety. <laughs> started when my parents started to get a divorce. And you know what? I'm going to pray for you. And then, 
she jumped up and she put her wee arms around my neck. And you know, it's so great when kids hug you because they can barely reach the other side, right? And I stood up and we just squeezed each other. Now, think of me for a second. The presence of a wee girl, what that did for the welfare of my soul. And let's just think for a moment what the presence of God himself might do for, for our souls. If a wee one can make such a difference, then what difference might the king of the universe make for him to himself draw near? See, in every other religion, you must work your way to God. In Christianity, we celebrate because God has worked his way to us. And he knows us. He knows if our greatest need was information, then he would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was technology, he would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was money, he'd have sent an economist. But he knew our greatest need was a savior, and so he sent himself. The surprise of the incarnation stands guard to remind us that Christmas is God's work. Christmas begins with grace, and Christmas continues with grace as well. But finally, hang with me, most surprising of all, the most surprising thing about Christmas is actually not how the baby came, although of course the virgin birth is surprising indeed. It's not even who the baby is, though the miracle of the incarnation is something we'll never fully wrap our minds around. No, the most surprising thing about Christmas is why this baby came. Why God drew near. Verse 31, we read the angel telling Mary that she will conceive a son and then adds that you shall call his name Jesus. Why Jesus? Because Jesus means Savior. This is why the angel will later tell Joseph, you should call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. That this is why Jesus came, to save people from their sins. So the assumption is that we're sinful. And it's an assumption that if we're honest with ourselves, we all know to be true. The brokenness, the mess that is our lives. Uh, poke a little below the surface of our merry Christmas and you'll soon find dysfunction, even between us and those that we love the most. And yet Jesus doesn't come to condemn, though he has every right to. God could show up on a mission of judgment, on a mission of condemnation, but instead he comes on a mission of grace to be our savior. He lived that perfect life, obeying God for us. He died that painful death, taking hell for us. He rose again, defeating death for us. And so friends, of course, of course, we should enjoy all the sights and all the sounds of Christmas. I hope you enjoyed getting your tree and the family event that becomes with such excitement for the kids. I hope you enjoyed taking out those decorations, perhaps adding a new decoration or two, but finding somehow it's the old ones that still matter the most. Uh, listening to Christmas music, perhaps singing some of your favorites here at church amongst the welcome of friendly faces and the warmth of the candles and the beauty of the poinsettias. Heading back home after this service, what are your traditions tonight? Enjoying the fragrances of gingerbread and cookies and milk and perhaps putting out a carrot or two for some reindeer? Uh, putting those kids to bed 
and then fingers to lips and hushed and tiptoes, getting everything ready for the morning that is to come. But when Christmas morning comes, when tomorrow morning comes, enjoy all of those things. But when Christmas morning comes, we need to hear the word that gives the whole affair meaning. Luke 1.31, you shall call his name Jesus, the Savior has come. And that's the biggest surprise of Christmas. The biggest surprise of Christmas is that the creator of the heavens became dust. (laughs) So that we, dust, might taste heaven. The surprise of Christmas, that Jesus as our Savior stands guard to remind us that Christmas is God's work. That Christmas begins, continues, and ends with grace. And many years later, the father, the one who'd given his son that surprise Bible, while well, the father died. And the son, now a grown man, went back to his home and sitting alone one evening, working through his father's possessions, he came across this old book. Dusting the dust off the cover, he opened it up and out into his lap fell a check. Dated the day of his high school graduation for the exact amount of the car that they had picked out together. He had missed this gift. Much worse, he had missed his father's love. The gift had been there all along, and yet he had turned away. The sad reality is that for many, and perhaps even some of us here tonight, the celebration of Christmas is is a bit like that. It's an opportunity that passes us by because we don't understand what the surprise means. And the gospel would tell us that if you don't understand this last surprise, that Jesus became us in order to save us, then you might enjoy the sights and sounds of Christmas, but ultimately you have turned away. You've left the book unopened. You have missed the gift. And worst of all, you've missed the Father's love. But make no mistake, make no mistake that we are not here by accident, that God loves you this evening, and that he offers you this gift even still, and that he longs for you to receive it, that anyone who trusts in Christ even now can receive forgiveness forever and a life now that will be full, and find that the surprises of Christmas find a home, not just under the tree, but in you. That would be the greatest Christmas surprise of them all. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a God who loves drama (laughs) and loves to speak into the drama of humanity with twists and turns that we uh, wouldn't have dreamt up, and if we had, we would have thought were too far-fetched. So, Father, we give you thanks for the surprises of Christmas, the surprise of the the virgin birth that stands guard, Lord, to remind us that Christmas is your work, that it begins with grace. Of course, the surprise of who this baby is, uh, the incarnation standing guard to remind us that Christmas is your work, that it continues with grace. But most of all, Lord, the surprise of why this baby came. 
the Savior standing guard to remind us that Christmas is your work, that Christmas ends with grace. Father, the creator of the heavens became dust so that we, creatures of dust, might taste heaven. Would that surprise find a home, not under our trees, but in our hearts, we pray, in Christ's powerful and matchless name. Amen.